0: All units stand three. It now appears as though shots are being fired. All officers use caution. It has been confirmed. Suspects are armed and are firing at police. 660 on the air, North Max Signal 10. Building fire. Headquarters, North Max Signal Fire Department, 1000 North Roadway towards Northwalk Drive in North Albany. Multiple explosions coming from 661. Unable to get any. Lady, uh, out at 7, 6, 7. Hey, welcome to Scanner School. This podcast is here to teach you everything to know about the scanner radio hobby. My name is Phil Lichtenberger, and my amateur radio call sign is W2LIE. Now, all the session notes from today's podcast will be found on our website over at scannerschool.com slash session 213. And if you're listening to us over on YouTube, some of the session notes will be down below in the description. And if you are catching us on your podcast player, just go ahead and open up the description to this podcast. And hopefully, you will be able to see some of the podcast notes that belong with today's session. So, today we're putting together a list of my personal wish list, let's put it that way, of things I would love to see in a new flagship scanner by either... Uniden or Whistler or anybody else out there that wishes to make a scanner radio in the future. Now, do you have something on you'd like to have on your wish list that maybe I didn't bring up? Let's discuss it. Let's go over to our Discord server. Go to scannerschool.com slash Discord. And that is where we can discuss some of the things I might have missed on today's podcast. So here's the deal, right? We all have these things that we want to see in hardware is it practical probably not to be honest with you or else they would be included with every scanner that's manufactured however some of the things on my list here are available on other radios and some of these things are available on very affordable and cheap radios and it baffles my mind as to why some of these simple things are missing from even the basic scanner radios. And we're going to cover all that in today's podcast. We're also going to cover not only the things that I would love to see in a scanner, but some of the challenges and even some of the solutions that I've kind of come up with on my own here. So if anybody is listening from the future, you're welcome. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but if anybody would, would like to reach out to me to find out, hey, you know, you want to beta test a scanner and you got some of these features in it, I would love to help you out. Now, before we get any further in this week's podcast, I want to take a few minutes to thank our Patreon supporters. Now, Patreon is an affordable way for you to support the podcast and our upcoming expansion into YouTube for 2022. So think of Patreon as the PBS model of helping out Scanner School. For a monthly or yearly donation, not only do you help support the podcast, but depending on your donation tier, you will receive certain benefits. The most popular benefit tier being our $5 a month or the $51 a year tier. It's the same tier. We just discount if you could pay us over a year. Now, this tier offers the podcast and YouTube videos early. And also, you receive a free squelchy pack of stickers, several discounts, and access to our monthly live scanner radio roundtable discussion we hold monthly on Zoom. Oh, and by the way. Most of the Patreon levels also get a special version of the podcast that does not include the middle advertising break in each episode. Now find out more about Patreon and our supporting tiers by visiting scannerschool.com Patreon. I'd also like to take a moment here and thank all of our Patreon supporters. Alan Gonzalez, Arthur Heron, Bill K, Brandon Sammons, Brian King, Buzz Gold, Chris Paris, Craig Harper, Dan, Dave Pasco, David C, Denny Crotty, Ed Walsh. Edward Bramlett, Glenn Wright, Greg Johnson, Guy Lee, Jack Haycock, Jacob Jabison, Jacques Barry, James Broxton, James Felling, James Bruda, Jay Reed, Jeff Block, Jeff Chapman, Jeff McLeod, Jenny Taylor, Jim B, Jim Heinrich, Joe Curtis, Joe Cordove, John Keel, John Sweeney, John Goldenberg, Joshua Robb, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, Kevin Zwicky, Lenny Bauer, Les Stevenson, Lynn Smith, Mark Beebe, Mason Kramer, Michael Gorman, Michael Kroger, Mike Lopez, Nicholas Stenger, Paul Teal, Paul Seish, Randy Cummins, Randy Lee Wright, Raymond Hill, Ronnie Box, Sal Mar- All right. Well, the first feature that I would love to see in a scanner is a default. This is something that already exists. The ability to import directly from radio reference. Now, I'm not saying that this should be standard equipment, but I'm also not saying it too to put the whole premium access to, to radio reference out because you know what? There's still a need to be able to pull information directly out of their database, whether or not you have a scanner like a Home Patrol or a Whistler that supports basically the Home Patrol database or Easy Scan database. And also, too, we've got pagers like Unication G-Series pagers, the G2 through the G5. Again, shameless plug for East Coast Pages since I'm a dealer for Unication. But those pagers also allow for importing of information from radio reference so something like that should exist on a flagship scanner right your top tier scanner radio that you are going to market that you want the most amount of people to purchase should have the ability to import information from radio reference now being that this already exists in scanners there really isn't much more to say on this Right? It works, maybe it could work a little bit better, maybe it could be less confusing, but it's there. But one of the things I would love to really see in a scanner, and I really don't understand why it doesn't exist, are multiple VFOs, or the ability to listen to two frequencies at the same time. Something like this is already built into many ham radios, has been for ages. It's also found on, believe it or not, Baofeng and Wuxong and all those Chinese import radios that we can buy for $30 and up on the Amazon marketplace. How is it that a radio like that can listen to two frequencies at the same time yet my scanner can only listen to one, one frequency? Radios or receivers like ICOM's line of products, right? The ICOM R30, the R6, and all those can receive two frequencies at the same time. Now, granted, you may not be able to scan and keep one in the background, but that would be a great thing to be able to do. But think about you can leave your fire dispatch channel on all the time and then scan something else or monitor your fire police dispatch and then a tactical channel. The ability to monitor two channels off of one radio is something that just seems so basic to me. Now, I'm sure there's a lot more that gets involved under the hood to get that to happen. But again, why is it that my $30, $35 Baofeng UV5R and all of its cloned buddies can do something as simple as this? And my high-end ICOM receivers can also do this. But my flagship scanners by Whistler and Uniden cannot do this. Something that I would love to see on an upcoming flagship radio. If you've listened to podcast episodes in the past, you know how much I love desktop chargers. It's not for the fact that they can charge your radio's battery without having to plug anything extra in, but it's the ability to be able to let the radio stand up on its own. That's, that's really the biggest thing I love about desktop chargers is that I can put a radio on a shelf, drop it into the charger. First of first of all, I'll know the battery is charged. But second of all, I know that radio is not going to fall down and it's not going to fall off the shelf and hit the floor. Desktop chargers for me is like one of these things top things and i probably should have let off with it but again if you have listened to this podcast episode in the past you know i love desktop chargers it's a convenience factor you don't want to f- mess with removing batteries or playing around with cables or having unsightly cables come off the side of your radios i hate when stuff doesn't look like it looks like the science experiment basically right should be neat should be clean should be easy to just grab a radio, put your hand around it, and pick it up and walk out the door with it instead of unplugging a whole bunch of stuff. Does a desktop charger need to have a antenna port on the back of it? No, but it'd be hella nice if it did, right? Look, I love a desktop charger. It's just convenience factor. I think it would be great if they would become available. Maybe not included, but available in the scanner radio world. Again, it ships with my Baofeng $35 radio. My Icon receivers ship with it. And many amateur radios, if it's not available as an accessory, it ships in the box. Again, something like this should be available on the scanner radio market. And I'm not talking just a 3D printed thing that the, ba- at the, the scanner can sit in. No, there should be a fully functioning battery charger. And while we're on the subject of battery charges, one of the things I really can't stand, and again, if you listen to past podcast episodes, you know I dislike proprietary battery packs. Please do not create another scanner that has its own type of battery. And I'm begging you not to do this because what happens 10 years down the road when this scanner is no longer front and center in the flagship market, what happens 10, 15 years down the road when this scanner is... 10 or 15 years old, 20 years old. The scanner's been out for five years or so, maybe longer than that. The batteries become, first of all, they're dead. And then good luck finding a quality replacement battery that you can use in this scanner. I mean, I've got other radios here where I had to go on the secondary market and find knockoff brand battery packs. And this happens all of the time in the amateur radio world. I just had to buy ICOM. And Yesu battery packs from a manufacturer I've never heard of before, just so I can power up an older radio. When we're not talking an older radio, we're talking about a radio, oh, well, maybe it is older. Eh, maybe it's about 15, 20 years old. So imagine not being able to use your SDS-100 20 years from now because you can't get a battery. It makes you really want to invest the money on something like that, right? Why can't we just have AA battery packs? I mean, even even my BC two hundred XLT, which has a slide in battery pack, you have to break those apart, blow them up, and throw a battery pack in there. I mean, granted, they took the old cordless phone battery packs, but good luck even finding those these days. Uniden also went down that path when it was, what was it, the two forty-five XLT handheld radio? Maybe something in that family. Again, you, you gotta find these batteries. Why can't we stick with off the shelf rechargeable triple A's or double A's or something in that family so that we can continue to use our scanners for years to come and not be tied down to a proprietary battery pack. Please do not use proprietary battery packs. I understand lithium batteries last a lot longer and they, and they, they charge up better and all this other stuff. Yeah, understood, 100%. All right, well, how about you supply us with some lithium-ion p- batteries that are AA size and your drop-in charger so we can charge up these special batteries, right? Come on. Let's not make a 600 or a $700 scanner almost obsolete in a decade because we can't come up with the batteries anymore. All right, I know, I'm getting really... Really pissy here, but, you know, I'm passionate about this stuff. This stuff irks me a little bit. Let's look at something to make the scanner radio more enjoyable to more people out there. I am begging the scanner manufacturers to include voice prompts with their scanners in the next marketing or the next flagship radio that's out there. Again, my Baofeng radio can speak to me. It actually can speak to me in two languages, one of which I can't understand. Why can we not put a voice synthesizer inside of a scanner radio that reads what's on the screen? Let's us know what position we're in. Even if it's crude, let it read the alpha tag. There should be no reason why we can't get that built into a scanner. There are plenty of people who enjoy the scanner radio hobby that are hard of seeing. Either they are completely blind or they have a very hard time seeing things. Having a scanner beep twice when it gets to the top of the menu prompt. Maybe that's a good idea to at least show that you're started off at square one. But how do we know what menus we're into right now, right? This, again, is built into my $35 phone radio, but would really allow a lot more people to enjoy their high-end scanners. Because think of it this way. On original radios, right, that didn't have a lot of bells and whistles on it, memorizing a keypad was something that you can do. But now that we have soft keys or keys that change functions based on the menu that you're in or the system that you're monitoring is a problem when you can't see what system you're in or what mode the scanner is in. I understand that you didn't put a high contrast screen on their scanner for the SDS 100. The ability to change the font size to make it larger is is involved if you don't have the detailed screen on there. That's great. I mean, that's a good step. But we should be able to put voice prompts in a scanner. Again, my Baofungs, Waxungs, puxons, Tates, whatever you want to call them. TYTs. I don't know if the Tates include that, but the TYTs do come on. All of these Chinese cheap radios that we can get for thirty-five to a hundred dollars on Amazon all day, every day, all have the ability again to have voice prompts. Do we see a theme here? Do we see the fact that some of these cheaper radios that come from overseas include a lot of features that could very easily be included in the scanner radio world? I I don't know why they aren't, and maybe it's a difficult thing to put in there. And from a a user or a consumer point of view these are things i wish would be in a scanner radio well let's talk about something else that really grinds my ears to, to quote peter griffin here the ability to not be able to use an aftermarket antenna without a special adapter was mind-boggling and in fact i was just helping out someone not too long ago on a tutoring session and he was talking about a antenna that I recommended. And he was saying to me, hey, Phil, he goes, I got this antenna and I'm really disappointed by how well or how poorly it works. And he couldn't understand why I talk about this antenna so much and how I recommend it and how I think, you know, I, I even recommended it to him saying, hey, look, this will do you a lot of good. Not realizing what radio he's going to plug it into. The SDS-100, if you're not familiar with that radio, is I believe based off of a marine radio. And the SDS 100 has an IP something or other rating, right, for moisture and dust protection. Part of that means that the ca- uh, the case, the plastic housing comes up to the antenna and there's an o-ring b- gasket basically in the antenna that seals the antenna port up from the elements so that water and dust and dirt can't get behind there and then penetrate in through the chassis and get into the radio. All fine and good on paper. But in the real world, you cannot get an aftermarket antenna into that connector. You get maybe two turns on the antenna. For example, if I were to take my Diamond RC77CA, which is the antenna that I recommend, it is a rib or an armpit poker rather, and I call these armpit pokers because it's an antenna that if you put the scanner on your belt, the antenna is so long that it's constantly poking you under the armpit. I can turn that antenna about four or five times when I go ahead and put it on my BCD-436HP. When I go and put it on my sds 100 I'm lucky to get two turns max. What does that tell me? That tells me that that antenna is not sitting down far enough so that the center conductor of the antenna meets the center receptacle or the female side of the center pin on the radio. This means I don't have a good connection, which means the antenna is barely connected, which is pretty much the same as putting an attenuator on top of your scanner. So Remtronics comes to town and they make a solution. Great. Good job, Remtronics. Hey, I applaud you guys for allowing us to put an aftermarket antenna on our SDS receivers. However, I have a large collection of diamond antennas, and I enjoy using my diamond antennas. And nothing wrong to Remtronics on their antennas. But I am now forced to buy a different antenna or an adapter to put my antennas on my SDS-100. Now, I do have the Remtronics antennas for my SDS-100. I've got both the VHF-UHF1 and the 800 megahertz antennas. They all work great. There's nothing wrong with them. But the fact that Uniden has pretty much set me up for failure out of the box because I need to use an adapter or their antenna is uh, insult to injury when you spend $650 on a scanner. Now, I mean, I don't mean to dump on Utadin, and I'm leaving Whistler out because Whistler, while they are not perfect either, they don't really succumb to a lot of these things. That the, the TRX one uses double batteries. TRX one uses a regular BNC connector, right? So, yeah, they would work out better if they had the text to speech and everything else we've been talking about earlier. But yeah, I am picking on in a little bit. So let's let's stop picking directly on Utadin and. We'll go back to life is, you know, my old cranky self here. Bluetooth. Why can we not get Bluetooth built into a scanner radio? All right, it's another receiver or another transmitter rather. But I think we're in a world right now where everything has Bluetooth in it, right? Even my daughter's toys all have Bluetooth built into them. Bluetooth is built into my iCom R30 and it works fairly well. Bluetooth is built into, again, the Unication G-Series pagers, so you can use them with a headset. But the ability to control your scanner from a smart application over Bluetooth, hey, that's great. And it gives me the ability to see my scanner on a larger screen and even take it remote with me a little bit. I can mount my scanner under the seat, right? Which leads me into something different here is smartphone and tablet applications that actually work yes you did In try to do it with siren i don't know why they dropped it but they shouldn't have whistler never came out with anything but the ability to have your scanner be controlled by a tablet would certainly help out for those of us who want to put a radio in a vehicle but have no place to mount it this would allow us to put scanners in our trunks or under the seats and then use our phone or a tablet to not only monitor what's coming out over the, the, the receiver, but also to control it as well. And I think this is a spot where the SDR market is going to completely blow the scanner market out of the water if the scanner market is not careful. Because I know right now there are solutions being developed in the SDR world for OP25 and other pieces of software that you can just plug an SDR into a Raspberry Pi and then control everything from a head unit. Basically, the Raspberry Pi is headless. You use your tablet to, to connect in with a web interface, and you're off to the races. So I would really strongly say to the scanner radio world, if you don't want to become a second on this kind of stuff, you've got to add it into your hardware, especially in a flagship unit, whatever comes out next. So I think we've kind of hit everything here. Oh no, I got two more here. I got two more. Wi-Fi would be nice to be built in. I know Wi-Fi was an after plug-in thing with the BCD five thirty-six HP, and the uh, SDS two hundred has 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 a LAN connector on it, which is all fine and dandy because you can you can plug in a Wi-Fi adapter into that LAN port. But you know, it would be really nice to be able to connect into my home network with a scanner at this point. Again, we're talking top tier here, right? Finally, GPS. Yes, we can build and put GPS as extra stuff to plug into the side of our scanners. Has been for years and years and years, right? There is somebody out there who is building GPSs internal to the SDS-100 and the BCD-436HP. What does this tell me? This tells me if somebody out there in a consumer market online is retrofitting existing equipment with GPS receivers that the manufacturers could easily do the exact same thing. I think it'd be really cool to have it built in. I mean, again, plenty of two-way radios and commercial radios have GPS built in. Do we need GPS for knowing where we are? No, but if you're going to use some of the advanced functions in programming, such as enabling and disabling scan lists when we are mobile or traveling into areas that we've never been before, Yeah, that would be great to have. So listen, on the other side of this break, I know we went through a lot of stuff here. I was a little bit cranky about some of the stuff I'd love to see in a a scanner radio for the flagship world. Yeah, some of this stuff might be a little bit out there. It may not be, mm, let's put it, wallet friendly. I've got some solutions for that on the other side of this break. And as a reminder, anybody who is a Patreon supporter at the $3 a month level, first of all, thank you for supporting the podcast it, it does cost us almost 100 bucks a week to have these podcasts edited and uploaded and sent to everybody. This is definitely not something that is, that is very cheap to put together. So having Patreon supporters help support the podcast and keep it going. It's not to pad my wallet. It is to help offset my costs on the podcast. So again, for anybody who's a podcast or a Patreon supporter, I want to thank you, first of all. You will not get this break or this the commercials that are coming up right here. For everybody else, you can help support the podcast if you wish by going to scannerschool.com slash Patreon, and we'll catch you all on the other side of this break. Hey, did you realize it takes us almost $100 a week just to have this podcast episode professionally edited and sent over to you? This doesn't even include website and podcast hosting, administrative help, and other monthly subscriptions that are required to put the podcast out there. Now, you can help us offset these costs when you shop online. So if you're looking for a scanner radio or some software, looking to bid on items over on eBay, or if you're looking to purchase anything, and I mean anything, on Amazon, you can help support Scanner School in the process. And this doesn't come at any extra cost to you. So please check out scannerschool.com support. For the multiple different ways that we have out there that you can help support us when you shop online. Again, ScannerSchool.com slash support. Are you looking to learn more about the scanner radio hobby? We currently have courses on how to get started and up and running with software-defined radios and how to turn your SDR into a fully functioning scanner radio. With free software, you can see more and do more with trunking than ever before. And with new courses scheduled for the upcoming months, our offerings will be expanding into both Uniden and Whistler hardware and software. Check out our courses at courses.scannerschool.com or by looking for the link in this podcast description. National Communications Magazine is your personal library of scanner, CB, GMRS, FRS, MURS, and two-way radio articles written by the best minds in the business over the past three decades. Your Natcom personal online access account allows you to download the newest issues of America's hobby radio magazine as well as back issues too. Visit NatcomMag.com to download your free sample issue and sign up today. Did you know that a pager can make a great addition to your scanner radio collection. And even if I didn't own East Coast pagers, I still have one or maybe a couple of pagers as a part of my scanner radio setup. This is because a pager can be used to just monitor your local fire department or your regional departments. And if you set it up correctly to alert you when the tones are sent over the air, then the pager will remain silent until you need to know what is going on. This frees up your scanner to monitor everything else that's going on beside your local stuff, or can prevent you from missing the local stuff because your scanner is busy doing other things. Now, pagers aren't just limited to fire dispatches anymore. Unication has great solutions to monitor both analog and P25 paging systems where many public safety and police departments are switching over to. Swiss Phone and Apollo make great analog solutions as well, and all three still sell PogSac and Flex Pages, still in use by many departments for text alerting. East Coast Pagers is an Apollo, Swiss phone, and unication dealer serving the North American market. And of course, is one of my online companies. So if you're looking for a personal use pager or one for your department, contact us for a free quote and let us know you're a Scanner School listener for something a little extra with your order. For our full inventory or to request a quote or just to contact us, please visit eastcoastpagers.com. All right. So I've come up with, again... A list of things I would love to see in a scanner radio. Now, considering we're spending about $650 to $700 on an SDS-100 or a 200, how much more can we spend on a scanner, right? That's the thing. And every time a new scanner comes out, we get the same group. The peanut gallery comes out. Oh, it's too much money. Why does it cost so much money? Back in the day, it was $350 for a radio, and it came with everything. Yeah, but when you cost inflation it actually cost more than at 350 than it does now for the 600 right so listen there's got to be a way to be able to put a scanner like this together that does not kill the scanner radio market doesn't cause me to go broke and could really help push more radios but before we get there let's just talk about some more one more thing i left out before we got to the break Scanners at this price point and that are flagship so have no issues with simulcast. Let's just put it out there, right? There's no reason to have a flagship scanner at this point, <coughs> Whistler. <laughs> I'm sorry, Whistler. You're overdue for a scanner and I'm hoping that you would take everything I'm talking about here and, and implement it and I, I'd buy one in a heartbeat. But listen, with all the stuff I've requested... And again, I'm not saying I demand this. No, these are things I would love to see in a scanner. And I understand, right, that they 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 may not show up. And why would they not show up? Well, think of it. The more options we add to our radios means there's more issues when it comes to designing it. More R&D. More under the hood. Definitely makes things... A little bit more complicated as far as design and packing things. Nobody wants to carry around a briefcase to use a portable scanner, right? But my hope is in the next couple of years that some of these, again, some of these things will shrink in size and that they would be able to fit into a scanner radio, right? I mean, Radio Shack or GRE, Whistler, whatever you want to call them, has been using the same size scanner radio since what? The Pro 92 days? The Pro 94? Pro 95? Pro 97? Pro 96? Pro 96? Right, They are all the same sizes, which goes to show me that they're using an old chassis with new modern design inside of it. There's got to be room in there to add more stuff. Yeah, the TRX-1 is a different footprint. But if they take the same old case and they use it again, they should be able to fit more inside of there. But right now, I see a bigger problem with my wish list. Supply chain, right? We all know that there's a supply chain out there. There's supply chain issues. If it's not the ability to get things imported because there's a, a line of tankers trying to or, or, or shipping vessels trying to get into port and then trying to get containers back out to sea. And again, we talked about a lot of this back on Scanner School session number 187. If you want to go check that one out, go to ScannerSchool.com slash 187, where we talked about scanner shortages and supply chain issues and why we actually have supply chain issues and, and things to think about outside the box in that one. But we not only have supply chain issues, but we also have a person problem here because, again, a lot of people are still sick. COVID is still a big issue as we enter in 2022, unfortunately. I know where I am right now in New York. We are seeing record numbers of people who are, are sick and hospitalized again, even beating March 2020 numbers. So it's still a very scary thing, and it's still causing people to be out of work. And it's still cla- causing people to um, not be able to get what they want because – there aren't people there to either deliver or manufacture or pack or stuff like that. So, I would assume that all that ties into the R&D spectrum as well and the planning and, and stuff like that, right? I mean, it's a global issue, right? So, that could definitely add lead time and troubleshooting time and beta testing time and all that other stuff that goes along with creating something new. So, we have an issue with actually getting the silicone, silicon, silicone, the chipset. And the people to manufacture and to and to build these things that we use, that we want, right? But the more complicated we make things, the harder it is to design and the harder it is to pack, you know, right? What's the old expression about putting 100 gallons in a 50-gallon drum, right? Or for you guys overseas, 100 liters in a 50-liter drum, right? The more you, you pack into something, right, the more heat could be generated or you can't have enough cooling Or you need to make things larger to fit all this stuff in there. I get it. But what if the hardware was actually in there but disabled? Yes, there would be an added price for the hardware that's in there. But maybe we make things modular, so to speak. Am I saying you you buy the extra part and you you lift the cover off and You screw in the extra part. Maybe I am. Maybe there's a GPS version of the scanner and there's a non-GPS version of the scanner and one costs less than the other. Or maybe there's a Wi-Fi version and there's a non-Wi-Fi version. Maybe there's a Bluetooth version or a non-Bluetooth version. Or maybe we have the ability to open up a trap door in the battery compartment and smack in the module for the Wi-Fi or the Bluetooth or the GPS receiver board in the back of the scanner. So we can choose to spend the extra forty, fifty dollars, maybe a hundred dollars, whatever it would cost, right? To add these extra hardware features into our scanner. Yes, again, the peanut gallery is going to get up from the back and they're gonna say, but that's gonna cost our, our scanners to cost more money. And if we're already spending six hundred, seven hundred dollars on a scanner, why am I gonna spend another hundred dollars for this and a hundred dollars for that and two hundred dollars for this? Because you're keeping the prices down for everybody else who wants to just get into the scanner radio market, right? It's the same as saying, well, I can get a car with a four-cylinder engine, but you could buy one with an eight-cylinder if you want one, if you want the extra horsepower, the extra torque, right? I don't need a Cummins diesel in my pickup truck if I'm never going to tow anything that requires that much torque. I just need a regular pickup truck, right, to get around town. And many of you guys will argue with me, why do I even need a pickup truck at that point? (laughs) But the point is there's ways around making a scanner that could have a lot of this stuff in the wish list without causing the scanner to be $1,000 and to make it tangible for other people to actually afford this radio. Let's take a play right out of Udidin's book right here. And say, well, if I want DMR, I'm going to have to pay $70 for the DMR upgrade. And if I want NXDN and, and Pro Voice, I'll have to pay for that stuff as well. Maybe if I want Wi-Fi, if the hardware is included, maybe I need to pay for the Wi-Fi add-on. And unlock that feature. Or unlock Bluetooth. Or unlock GPS. Let's take a look at a radio from way back when, about... Twenty or so years ago, the Uniden BC 785D. Now, when I first bought that radio, it cost me about three hundred and fifty to three hundred and sixty dollars before tax and shipping. Actually, I didn't pay tax on it because I bought it from uh, National Electronics, I think, in the Midwest, and it was three hundred fifty dollars. And if you catch the name on it, it was a BC 785D, and a D meant that it could receive P25 digital transmissions. But the trick was, it would only receive that if I bought the BC25i card for another $300 and change. So effectively, without that card, I have a BC785, not a BC785D. For $300 more, I could buy the digital card, slide it in the back myself like a game cartridge, Put the door back on with a Phillips head screw. Turn the radio back on, and use the digital chip. This was Uniden's way of saying you can buy this radio for three hundred and fifty dollars, and if you need to, you can upgrade it yourself to include digital for another three hundred dollars. Yes, it was a $650 radio back in $2,000 back in $2,005, $2,003 or something around that time frame, right? That's a lot of money back then, 20 years ago, right? So this is what I'm saying. The ability to do this stuff that I'm asking has been around and has been implemented and has happened in the past. So I'm not really belly aching here, although it may sound like it, but I just want to have the ability to have a scanner that has a lot more bells and whistles to it. I mean, for a long time, people have been asking to have a clock built into a scanner radio. And that's, that's now built in, right? A clock. Holy cow. <laughs> but the point here is there's got to be a way to create a flagship model that can have modern components to it that can take the radio to the next level. Why do I want GPS in my scanner so I can travel with it, not have extra wires hanging off the side of it. Why do I want Bluetooth? So that I can use it on my smartphone or control with my smartphone or use a headset. Again, no wires. But what about Wi-Fi? Maybe so I can program it without having to plug into it. Or what I love doing with my BCD 536 HP and the STS 200 is being able to stream from that radio and connect it to ProScan without the need to plug in an audio cable in the back and then a data cable in it as well. It all goes over the Wi-Fi or the Ethernet connection. Makes things simpler. So my ask is, hey, if anybody wants to build a new scanner, Whistler, Utiden, I'd love to work with you. I would love to work with you and beta test a scanner or come up with an idea or something like that. Hey, I'm just one guy that just happens to have a platform (laughs) (laughs) really is what it comes down to. But again, what's your wish list? What did I leave out of today's podcast episode that you would love to have in your scanner radio? If you're listening to us over on YouTube, leave a comment down below and let me know what is something that I might have missed or maybe something you agree with. Hey, if we can get a list together, maybe we can get some attention here and get the manufacturers to take notice of these are things that we want in our radios. So if you're listening over on YouTube, leave a comment down below. Let me know what it is I might have missed or what you agree with or something that you'd like. If you're catching us over on your podcast player that's built into your phone or on your computer, Join us over on Discord and leave some feedback over there. We would love to talk about this in a little bit more detail. Scannerschool.com Discord is where you can go ahead and do that one. And before I leave again, let me just say I need more questions for our upcoming Ask Scanner School session. And you can leave your questions for me by going to Scannerschool.com ask or by leaving me a voicemail at 516-308-2885. Hey, I hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast. If you think that somebody can enjoy the podcast, please share it with them. Don't forget to subscribe to our weekly newsletter. Again, you can find that over on our website at ScannerSchool.com. And we will catch you all next week. I really hope you guys enjoyed this podcast episode. This one was actually one of the more fun episodes to write and also to put together for you. Because this is, uh, again, you can kind of tell there's a little bit of passion behind this kind of stuff here. So I like sharing the stuff and, and, and causing a little bit of... Making me think a little bit and 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 uh, look around and see what's what should be out there, right? So with that, guys, I hope you all enjoyed this week's podcast. We will catch you all again next week. My name is Phil Lichtenberger, and this is Scanner School. We teach you everything to know about the Scannerio Hobby. Well, maybe today we didn't teach you something, but we made you think, right? And and making you think is is part of learning, right? All right, guys. Seven three.